three, four. Welcome to the After Credits Podcast, where we talk about the movies and the TV shows you love, even if we don't exactly love them. In this television podcast for After Credits, we'll be talking all about 13 Reasons Why, our thoughts, predictions, and more. Stay tuned. I'm your host, guys, Franco Dajlet. Joining me is... Rafi Rodas. And our guest via Skype is... Carrie Lepardo. All hey, right. Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Good Hi. to hear you. All right, so let's let's get to it. Thirteen reasons why uh, we're going to do a full spoiler uh, review and analysis for the for the TV show. Uh, I want to begin first. Uh, how did you guys watch the show? Did you guys binge watch it straight away? Did you do it uh, periodically, once a week kind of thing, once a day? What were your thoughts on that? Not. I didn't watch it as slow as Clay. Heard the tapes, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe uh, I, I I think it I, I think it took me four days to finish everything. Maybe around three four episodes a day. Maybe three. What about you, Kari? Um, for me, like it actually started because my cousin was watching it, and then like she was telling me about the show, like oh, it's about this girl who committed suicide, and she left these tapes, and I found it like really interesting. But like since I'm still studying, like I've tried to avoid like watching series because I tend to binge watch. So one day I was like hanging out with her and she was watching like I think the second episode. So once I started watching it, I got really curious because of all the flashbacks and everything. So then I started watching like the third episode, like, oh, maybe I'll just see what it's about. And then I kind of like binge watch everything like in a weekend. Oh, over a weekend. Studying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow. Over the weekend. <laughs> oh, that that yeah. didn't cause any problems for you, right? Um, well, th- I guess the exam for that week, I did pretty okay. So I guess it didn't really oh, uh, okay. but it, Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's good to know. Well, for me, I, I, you know, one, one thing that made me interested in this is uh, every other YouTube video I'd see had an ad for 13 Reasons Why. It would basically say, yeah. hey, it's Anna, Hannah Baker. And like, I'm, uh, this is my suicide tape. And like, like. I was just getting spammed by it on YouTube, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it still plays even until now. Like. <laughs> yeah, even until now. And then like, uh, well, I, I was curious about it. Why is Netflix just marketing this one show? And then I just Googled it. 13 Reasons Why. You know what score it was on Rotten Tomatoes? Nine, right? 96. 96. Well, I think it's down. Oh. I, I Googled it like maybe three days after it launched. But it's probably oh, going okay. to go down to like, I'm checking it now. It's like 92. Mm-hmm. So it's still a pretty oh, yeah. good that's, show. And yeah, then like... Then I watched the first episode. Then I watched it up to like five. Then I finished the other. I finished the rest in like another two days. So it took me a total of three days to finish it. But it was intense. It was intense. Yeah. Especially the latter episodes. I think like the thing what I wanted to do like in the first few tapes, like what I just wanted to do was to reach Clay's tape. So I thought that was gonna come earlier. So every time like an episode would start, I'd be like, "Please, like let this be Clay's tape, so I can like sleep already." <laughs> I actually thought it would be the last, but mm, turns out it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how did you find the main characters? Let Let's start with like Hannah and Clay. What did you think of them? Gary. Um. Well, for Hannah, like I think. Like, on the onset, when I started watching it, like, I think a lot of people have the same idea that, like, oh, she's overreacting or, you know, she's being too dramatic or 
you know, things like that. You start thinking about that. But then, so that's what I thought too. And then I realized that like maybe it's because I've already like passed that part of my life. So I'm like watching it as an adult. So when as adult, an adult, it's like, oh, wow, I'm an adult. But then um, as an adult, it's like, why, like, why would that bother you? You can just get over it or something. But then when I started watching it more, I started thinking about like what, I would do if I were her, like if I were her age, like maybe that would be something big for me also. So that's a lot, that's like an issue now about her character that maybe it's her fault or maybe she did a lot of things wrong also for not reaching out and stuff like that or making things like blown out of proportion. But yeah, for me, once I started thinking or seeing it through like my old teenage eyes, then I start to understand her more, like especially as like a teenage girl who's like super emotional. Like it's normal to to go through that and to feel those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. But how about you guys? I I got the similar feeling. Like a lot of these things, a lot of these reasons why like she committed suicides was, I'd say more about half of them were close to being petty to just being minor reasons. Mm, but then yeah. some reasons, especially like as the tapes got on, like especially the the Bryce tape. Right. Where mm-hmm. like he she basically got raped. And actually I'd say the very first tape was a really bad tape. Mm-hmm. Because it ruins your reputation. Imagine that. If you're reputa- you're a new girl in high school, then you're immediately yeah, labeled but... as the slut. Right. Like Yeah, that sucks. That's crazy. <laughs> It, it, especially labeled as something you're not. I mean, it's okay if you own up to your reputation, but like Hannah was never like a slut in, or anything. So, I mean, that's just rough. Yeah, I mean, it's just really something that I think a lot of teenage girls go through, like especially about like how guys talk about girls. Like from my experience, like it's also even though it seems petty now, like to me, it it wouldn't bother me. But maybe that's because I've already been through it but then just going through it or like hearing what people say about you and like how they perceive you it really hurts you especially at that age when you're trying to figure out who you are and then people are kind of saying this thing about you and you start to wonder like oh is it true like maybe I am that even though you're not so I can kind of relate to her on that level too yeah and I think what makes Hannah an intriguing character is um I've been reading a lot of posts saying that th- the show paints Hannah as an Im- uh, a girl who was blameless, maybe. But mm-hmm. I think that th- the the thing that makes Hannah so intriguing is that the fact that she is imperfect. The, the fact that she, yes, she could have gone to the police. Yes, she could have gone to the to any grown up or she could have stayed away from Justin and listened to her friend right or she could have just stayed yeah. away from Bryce's house in yeah that <laughs> night <laughs> that night and I think that's that's what makes her character so intriguing and what makes the plot a lot more complex is that uh, she is a teenage girl who makes mistakes and you know through her story it, it just affected her in a really really bad way things that happened to her and everything even though some of the reasons were petty, I can agree to that. Most of the reasons were petty, I can agree to that. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think the fact that what stands out a lot is that she did make a lot of mistakes. And although with that in mind, you still have to ask, you still have to ask can you blame her? 
Yeah. Yeah, and- that's I guess a lot of people are saying that you know she she's blaming other people but she also made mistakes but I think the point of the show is not the show that like everyone else did wrong and you know Hannah was just like innocent and everything like she did have mistakes like a normal person would like sometimes you don't do what you're supposed to do especially at that age like maybe you don't even know what to do like when you're faced with that kind of situations or like when she was witnessing Jessica being raped, like I think a lot of people were like, why didn't she just go out of the closet? Like she was already there and everything. Like she could have done something to avoid it on the before it even happened. So I think in in those incidents, like a lot of people tend to freeze or you don't really know what to do at that moment that you can't believe what you're witnessing. So you can't really say that it's just instinct to... Um, just get out of the closet, stop whatever you're witnessing. Sometimes it's hard to actually do things that shock you in a way. And I think that's what happened to Hannah. So you also have to like think about it that way. That maybe, you know, she's a teenager. She was like, what, 16? And, you know, to see something so traumatizing could really affect how you behave at that moment. So she did commit mistakes, but you also have to see it through her eyes that, what if you went through something like that? Maybe you can't, you wouldn't do anything either because you couldn't get the courage to do it. And also specifically that instance, like maybe she could have, if she did go out of the closet and try to like save Jessica, maybe there would be even a chance that Bryce would like rape the both of them. Like, right? Like no one else was in the room. The, yeah, the, the door, door was, was locked. locked, Justin was outside. So, you know, maybe it was also trying to save herself because she was afraid too. Yeah, th- th- that's right. I mean, even I don't know what I would have done at the moment. Mm-hmm. Would you, Franco? Yeah. I, I wouldn't. Well, like from Justin's point of view, like imagine your best friend who's always been kind to you, who's always let you into his house when you were kicked out of your own house. And then he basically just bullies you and like rape is like going to do something crazy to your girlfriend. But like you've always known him as that great friend for like maybe two, four, five years. So like... To stand up to a friend is always hard, especially like with yeah. Bryce. Like I mean, like what's that? Even in Harry Potter one, they gave Neville. Dumbledore <laughs> <laughs> was a like comparison, man. <laughs> award, award. Yeah, he award. Like it's a, it's harder. It's hard to stand up for enemies, but even harder to stand up to friends. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why Justin was really paralyzed for that because I mean he he was torn between two things, and it, it was basically a like a. A mental reaction right now like he really had to like get enough courage to do that and to fight back but he couldn't yeah. yeah yeah and he actually tried like for a few like seconds right he tried to go in and then Bryce just like locked him out and so I don't know I guess also in this fear that like he would lose everything that Bryce would give him like he just didn't do anything after that first attempt yeah let's talk about Bryce well He's the main villain in this in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say he was the central part of everything. Like even the first tape, right? Like the picture mm-hmm. of Hannah in the slide was shared because of Bryce, and yeah, I don't know if like Bryce really wanted Hannah to like commit suicide or even just like the messenger. No, no, I I I I think he didn't, because in in his mind he, he's a it's probably a to, to to a certain extent a stereotypical jock. You know, he, he, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
he wouldn't even think about anyone committing suicide because of the things that he does. I mean, I think because of, of how the character was portrayed, he may be that ignorant, I think. But, yeah. But, mm, yeah. I think for the way he grew up, like I, what I love about the show is that when they show like the like so-called villains or like the people who were mean to Hannah, like they actually show a bit of their lives also. And so I think more... Um, of like Justin and Alex and Jessica but then if you notice like they did show some things about Bryce that his parents were never there that his you know his family would just leave him alone in the house and so he had that kind of freedom to do whatever he wanted and maybe that also kind of affected him in a way that he never had a family who who loved him and or you know who was never there to show them to show him that they loved him and I think that adds to how he acts towards people. You know, he tries to search for that kind of um, presence, and when people don't give like give it to him, he tends to just take what he wants or thinks that he deserves it. Also, yeah, like taking things that he wants. Like in the very first episode, you know, the first person that hit on Hannah, it was Bryce. Bryce. And then the yeah. best friend of Hannah just told her to stay away from Bryce. Mm-hmm. And told her to stay away yeah. from Justin, and she said, "Oh, you should go for uh, Zach instead." Right. But then Hannah disobeyed. And should have gone for Zach. Yeah, should have <laughs> gone for Zach. I really like Zach. Zach was one of yeah, the likable characters. Zach. I love Zach. Yeah, he's just this goofy shy kid that like kind of screws up because he's emotionally invested and all that. Like a lot of us can relate to that. Yeah, yeah and I think like. People always talk about how his tape was like one of the least bad ones. He didn't deserve because, to like, be what in there. He did. Yeah. Like. Yeah, he just like stole some notes, or she even got it wrong. Like from her perspective, he threw away the letter that she gave, but he actually always kept it. Yeah, like another likable character was uh, who's that guy? The baseball guy, the jock. Baseball guy. Uh, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff. No! Jeff. Everyone loves Jeff. I feel so sad every time I think about Jeff. I feel so, yeah, <laughs> he's basically the good jock in in the world. Yeah. Like everyone yeah, likes Jeff. I mean, like the fact that he died that way. Did you see it coming? Who saw it no, coming? No, I didn't. Oh Man. my gosh, I didn't. When when Clay was in his parents' house and and his parents were like saying, "You were a good friend to Jeff." Yeah. Jeff was a good friend. Was was was, and then it hits you. <gasps> Jeff was the other guy yeah. in the car in the crash in the accident. Yeah, no, I just like found out when the scene showed, like when, like he finally went to the house, and then the picture frame showed Jeff's face, and I was like, oh no, he's the other one. Like I kind of was really late. Yeah, well, well, to me, I saw the stop sign broken, and I was like, as a director, why would you want to emphasize the stop sign being broken? So there's going to be a car crash. So yeah. I didn't know it was gonna be Jeff. I w- I just knew like someone was someone from this from the cast was going to like get into an accident or mm-hmm. something and then like oh my gosh it's jeff it's so sad right. like and the fact that he was labeled as the guy who who hit the other person because yeah. like he was he was on the beer run getting right. beer and the beer basically spilled all over him so like the like he the fact that beers all over him made him look like he was an alcoholic right. so it was just it was just bad man like i i really like jeff everyone loved jeff he was the comic yeah. relief for the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, like, and I never stopped to think why he was never in the present scenes. Like, I thought, like, oh, because he's right. an older student. 
So I thought, oh, maybe he, he's really busy now, and then, you know, he never really knew Hannah. But then to think about it, like, he knew Hannah, he knew Clay liked Hannah, so why was he not there? But I guess I just never realized it, because I kept thinking of the other characters. And he was kind of minor, but then he was just one of the nicest ones, so yeah. people really were drawn towards him. What, what, uh, what other characters did you, like, sort of were interested in among the people who had tapes? I'm interested in the one person who were who wasn't in the tapes, Tony. 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 Yeah, Bruno Mars. You, you know, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I see that so much. Mexican Bruno Mars. You know, it's interesting because yeah. I really wish that we had some. Uh, I mean, I found it confusing how Hannah trusted him specifically with the tapes when the show didn't really uh, show any specific inter. Yeah, build did build up their relationship besides him giving Hannah the tape of when Clay oh, and, and her was uh, were uh, were dancing. I mean, that's basically their. I think one of their only interactions in in, in the flashback. So I wish that they 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 they'd have been given more you know um, backstory to their relationship. Yeah, it just showed actually mm. that like what the, what they showed about Tony was just that he was kind of everyone's friend. Like he was just. You know, he was never bullied or he was never the one to bully. He was just kind of there. And then, I don't know why him, though, because he was the one who liked vintage music and that's where she got the idea of making tapes. But yeah, they didn't really explain it. But there's this theory that, like, he's a ghost. But it doesn't make sense at all to me because everyone can see him. So I think that's kind of stupid. <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah, it, although, like, the the rock climbing scene was just... Legit scary to me. Like, you see how high they were. One mess up, and they just both of them would die. Yeah. Yeah, like, I thought like Clay was gonna get like injured with that or something. So, yeah, it's rough. However, I thought that it was pretty pointless to show that he was gay. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why he had to be gay. Or th- does it matter? Mm, Am I offending anyone? Him, Sorry. <laughs> maybe to just give him no. more backstory or more character. Yeah, okay. I think that's what they lack. Like, especially like since Tony was kind of like the guardian of the tapes, so he was kind of like cryptic throughout the whole series. I expected there to be one episode to at least give more information about him. Yeah. But they're kind of like just left to guess about it. They could have fleshed but, out the fact that he was uh beating up some other guys with his family. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I was yeah. sort of. Why was that shown? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was actually more interested in that than like his relationship with the uh, Hannah. Clay? No, no, the the handsome gay guy. Uh, oh boy, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the handsome. One. Yeah. So like, yeah. T- Tony was just like a neutral good character in a way, although like, <laughs> well, it would have been very funny though if like Clay actually listened to Tony and listened to all of the tapes before judging everyone. But then that the wouldn't have made a good show because like I know peep I know in the books Clay listened to the tape straight away, right? And it just makes it's a makes it a better show if Clay listens to it one at a time, and the show really yeah, delivered that's one on one episode. But, but you know, that's another thing people complained with, like the length of the episodes. Like it, actually, the show could have been done in seven. Actually, I, I I some people said that um, the way the show was drawn drawn out, it was. It wasn't draggy, but it was maybe it was lengthened quite more than it should have been. 
if you think about it actually mm, yeah yeah because That's why some towards the last episodes like i just wanted to find out what was gonna happen so and it was like an hour before my exam and i was reading clay's tape <laughs> and then like i just get to the important parts like where he was actually listening to it and then like i watched it again later but see like it's like that like there are just a few things that you really need to watch to understand and the rest i guess is just it could be fillers yeah like well some things that they showed are just crazy especially the f- the 13th episode especially that. when they showed the suicide on camera on I the screen i didn't expect that like i don't know like i don't know if you were able to watch it but when i was watching it, i was watching it on my phone and then uh, I basically tilted the the screen so that I would watch that like a, a 45, 50 degree angle. So I couldn't like see it fully. And then like, it was just rough. And then like when I was seeing the, sh- seeing the, when seeing Hannah cut herself, like, I don't know if you got this sensation, but like my wrists, like the nervous, the nerves in my wrists were like start like spazzing up a bit or something like some phantom thing was happening to me. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I switched tabs in less than a second. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I but I I'm not ashamed to say that I flat out bald during that scene, man. I flat out cried. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I couldn't watch it. Difficult to watch. Like even for me, I mean, I'm not really afraid of like blood or like I mean, like I'm a med student, so like it's normal. Although I haven't really witnessed a surgery yet, but then I don't know. For me, it's just it's not something that would really gross me out to see like someone being. Um, cut open but then for s- to watch somebody do it to themselves is just uh, it's just so painful to watch for some reason just like it, it makes you think about like oh if you did I couldn't do that to myself like oh I don't know it's just too uh, it's too hard to watch or to think about but here's the heavy part that scene is the most controversial scene of this series yeah uh, I mean actually- so many um, so many suicide prevention groups, so many psychologists have I been warning really people bad. not to watch this series precisely because they showed Hannah Baker killing herself. They showed the actual, mm-hmm. uh, the actual uh, act of slicing the wrists. Yeah, I, I heard one of the lead writers, he said he was going to quit if they did not show that scene. Mm-hmm. Like they, he really wanted to make a point that you have to show that scene, so that I don't know. Well, well, from my from my reaction to it, my psychological reaction to it was like, it's good that they show how bad it is, especially followed by the immediate reaction of her parents, the grief of her parents, her mom mm-hmm. especially. That was just, it was so hard to watch. Like actually. You know what? My mom also watched this, the TV show, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, wow, she, she finished it? Yeah, she, she binge-watched it, Ren. Like, I watched the first <laughs> episode with her, and then she just, like, she I think she overtook me in, at one point or something. Whoa. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then, like, she just related so much to Hannah's mom. Not that, like, I'm suicidal or anything, but, like, the fact that she loves her kids and all that. Yeah, what did you think of the parents' role in in uh in the show, in both parents, Hannah's and Clay's? Well, I think that it was really important to show how they cope after her death. Like, but then a lot of people say like, why couldn't she leave a tape for them, or like at the, at the end of everything? Like, I think she like they were the people that she owed it to the most to explain, and 
I don't know how I feel about that because I don't think she was blaming them. It's because she's they're probably not the reason. Like if it came to their her parents, it was most probably like she thought that she was the inconvenience to them. Like it was more her fault than their fault. Like how she how she lost the money and everything, and how they were already having trouble with the store. And I think that was what really kind of hit her and said like maybe. I'm just causing too much trouble being around like with my parents struggling with everything. I actually thought um uh tapes uh, 12 and 13 were going to be for her parents. Oh. Yeah. Especially with that scene when she lost uh the money. Yeah. 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 But then uh first off I love the acting of the mom. Um, yeah, mom is so good. So good. You can really feel her pain and her anguish and not getting or in trying to get justice for her daughter. Um, yeah. And how the father was trying to balance also his um his uh, livelihood with the fact that his daughter just died. His livelihood because um his business is going slow because of uh. Uh, the bigger Walmart, yeah, Walmart the, the thing. Wal- Walmart slash Walplex thing. <laughs> so it was just a very difficult time for their family, and you could really see it in their eyes, especially in the mom's eyes. It, it was always so wide, so frantic in every scene, and especially when Clay went to her house, she was just longing for some bit, some yeah, some like information, just anything yeah, that inf- can help her understand. Yeah. A- any anything to comfort her, even just a little bit. Yeah, and to put yeah. their families' uh, financial situations in perspective, I, I'm assuming that a lot of these kids are going to a public school nearby. That's how like Justin can afford to go there. Because public schools, mm, yeah. uh, you're assigned to a public school based on where you live. So the people who, even the rich kids who live nearby, can go to the public school. And then it's college that's expensive because it's normally a private institution or even a state-run institution that's really expensive. So, yeah, these like the parents, especially with a with a failing store, like they probably couldn't afford Hannah College, and then uh, even Han- when Hannah offered the fact, I think it was when Hannah offered that she would stay, she would wait one year and just work for a bit, and then the parents were like, no, 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 we have to make sure you go to college on time, and I think that's where Hannah felt a bit guilty. Right. Right. Mm, yeah. But I think the the poor the the parents role, sorry the um in the show is really important to the that um issue about how it glorifies suicide or it might make someone want to commit suicide. Now I can't speak for people who are actually like depressed and who actually go through suicidal thoughts, but um I would think like in in my opinion that seeing the parents scenes like and how they were trying to cope afterwards and how it was really just so hard for them to understand and i think seeing that would make you think like what if it was me like how would maybe that's how my parents would react and i think one of the writers was or i don't know who said this but they said the whole show was supposed to be like for those who are suicidal um to show what would happen afterwards like to give them an idea of that and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing like for those people, or would it make them want to do it more, or or not? Right, right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading all these articles uh, written by um, suicide prevention experts, 
against the show and you know i i'm not an expert but i mean you have to at least listen to these experts about the show but at the same time i try to balance it with my initial reactions while watching the show which was this is actually a good show yeah well, well, that was my initial reaction but so it's not they didn't they didn't like trash the book they kept to its source they executed all the scenes well the transitions between present and past was just oh i love those really, really great help. yeah yeah and i don't know like the acting was good acting was great there weren't any like crazy stupid lines or like some memes that came out of bad Espe- acting especially for uh, no well, I, I i have to make an exception here all right the fml forever <laughs> was pretty cheesy. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for like teenagers, it's probably something that they can yeah. relate. No to. one says that. <laughs> no, well, well, we we chat. Not anyone you know. <laughs> well, I, I message that. I don't really say that. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, like there's that, and then um, what else? So like talking about guilt and all that, it was actually Alex that was the one who was most who felt the most guilty about things, right? Among the people, and then like. Oh, yeah. That guilt, I'd say, I'd make a fair assumption that that guilt, like, led to his eventual suicide. The fact that he shot himself in the head. I mean, that's just crazy. Like, would you would you attribute Hannah's suicide to Alex's suicide? I mean, that, that's what other people are saying. Like, Hannah's tapes, from a certain perspective, can seem like they're revenge. Yeah. Like, revenge-driven. Like, she wants... Yeah. these people to feel her that pain is. to i mean she wants them to feel um guilty guilt. and like for their guilty. lives to be like messed yeah. up yeah i mean honestly like i'm not for bullying in any way but like the only person i kind of wanted to feel like have hannah have hannah get revenge on was uh was that guy tyler tyler yeah tyler the photo oh, photographer yeah. Like when Hannah threw that stone on Tyler's window, I felt so relieved because like Tyler, he's such a creep. The fact that he's taking yeah, pictures of just one. crazy of people and then like in their own rooms, in their own bedrooms, and then posting it to social My media. Gosh. I mean like what kind of creep does that? I know people do stock photos, but like those photos are public photos in a way. So like it's not that bad, but like Tyler just like literally st- the the OG stalker, and he's he's one of the only two people in those tapes who actually did a crime. Yeah, harassment, yeah. and like a lot of people say, why was Tyler bullied? Like, there's a reason why he's bullied because he's such a creep, right? And like he's really invading other people's privacy. Yeah, but I think um, I don't know. For me, the what Clay did was like kind of unnecessary. Like you're kind of just. Um, I don't know, perpetuating the cycle of bullying, you know, bullying people because they bullied others. And I don't know, since it is like a legal crime, like maybe they could have, since there was, I don't know if there was still proof to prove that he had been stalking people, I don't know, with his photos in the room that he goes to, but they could have gone to authorities or done something better or that could actually affect more people rather than just kind of push him to his limits and you know, you don't know what he's capable of now with his his guns and everything. So it could lead to worse things. You know, that's why I kind of didn't agree with what Clay did. Yeah, and and the fact that uh, they're setting him up as a potential school shooter for yeah. season for an eventual season two. 
like the fact he has so many guns like i look i look back at that scene he has like he has like a bunch of automatic weapons he has some pistols. He even has two pipe bombs. Dang, dude. Two pipe bombs. What would you do with two pipe so bombs? Weird. Like, the well, they're kind of like, like trying to uh, set them up as like another like Sandy Hook killer, where the Sandy Hook killer was uh, targeting people, and then Tyler mm. has pictures of everyone who like was bullying him and all that, and he has a flashback to Alex who didn't bully him and stood up for him, and he just took off Alex's picture. As a sign of like, oh, I forgive you, and then like, I don't know what 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 season. Well, financially, I know this TV show is such a hit that they have to make a season two. Like from a produce from a production point of view, you build a franchise, you milk it, and of course, it's going to affect the the way you do execution and all. As long as you execute it at the same level. I wouldn't mind the season two. What What are your thoughts on like a season two? I don't want a season two. Um, yeah, me too. Plot wise, um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as effective. I mean, not 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 effective. It w- uh, fine. We w- we have a potential villain in Tyler, but then how would how would that compare to season one? That's number one, and number two, I think this. And I think number two is more important. I think this show is just meant to be a miniseries. It's not a drawn out thing. Like I'm, uh, to put it in a bigger context, I I love it now, especially in this day and age, in in, in this era of franchises, this era of of uh, big uh, big sequels and and prequels and all that stuff. I love it and think when movie when movies or TV shows are just a one off thing. Um, uh, like what they're doing with the Star Wars, uh, with the Star Wars, uh, the Rogue One, it? yeah, the Rogue One, the, 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 the every other, yeah, Star every Wars other movie. Star Wars movie, and what they and what they did with with Logan, how it, it's just him, it's just the last Wolverine movie. But it's effectively a sequel. Whatever. It's a <laughs> but, it's a franchise. Sequel. Okay, fine. Yeah, whatever, whatever. But my, like, my, my point is, series now that's popular also. Like those. Yeah, just yeah, one yeah. But, but my my point basically is, I hope they leave it as is, because I don't want them to draw this thing out. I don't want them to milk this thing out. I think I I know you're smiling, man. Frank was smiling at me. He's smiling <laughs> at me right now. But but man. I don't want them to do a season two. I mean, like, honestly, name me one franchise that stuck, one good, one great show that was stuck at, like, that was just stuck at, like, one episode or one movie. Like, you can't, you know what, if it was good, like, if it was a bad franchise, it would end up like Jupiter Ascending, where it's basically just one movie that flopped. It was supposed to be a franchise, but it wasn't. Things like that. I mean... Yeah, but dude. Well, I mean, like, but it's based on a book, though. So, like, I don't know where they would go after this. Yeah, since there's no story. Like a lot of people, kind of, well, maybe are, I'd say they're underestimating the plot, the plot writers, the script writers. I have faith that they can make it. They can make a good sequel, a reason to believe why, why we should watch season two. I mean, Fast Eight. I. I <laughs> When, yeah. Don't compare this. To <laughs> when I was watching, like I thought it was going to end at Fast Seven, Fast and Furious Seven, but then when they made Fast Eight, 
if you watch the movie Fast Eight, they give a good reason why Dom was why Dom uh turned bad. So like I'd say it was a good reason why Dom turned bad. So I forgive them for making a sequel to like I would say a complete franchise. So I I, I don't know. I'm open to it. I I won't make any judgments until I see the trailer for season two then. Because Yeah. I, I, I'd say that. Just don't judge it until you see the trailer for season two. And then you can shit on it. No, it's not that like I don't want it because I think it's gonna be bad or I think that they can't make a good plot. Like I feel that the show itself, like the the people involved in it especially are really um their goal was really to make an impact. You know, to bring up issues that should be talked about and that are being talked about now because of the show, like more and more in depth than it's ever been shown in, in television or in or in media. And I think the since that's the goal of the show, like the way that the show ended with so many you know, so many questions that why did Alex kill himself or um um, why did Tyler have all those guns? Like, is he going to be a school shoot, uh, um, a shooter, or why did did Bryce ever get away with his raping Hannah and Jessica, or like did Jessica ever report it? So, so many questions that you want answers to, like as a series. But for me, it's more than just a series. So it's like I see these characters, not just like I want to know what happens to them so badly. Like, please make a season two. But then, for me, it's like it ends in such a way that it's like this this is what happened to the characters and then it kind of directs it to you like what do you think happened or are there people who are like that in your life especially about like with Alex or Hannah or um, a lot of other people that it really makes you think about um, your own life and how it kind of affects you or affects people around you so these how these issues really apply in real life and that that kind of ending and the fact that it's just a mini series allows more of that. Like for me, it's more than just like instead of worrying about fictional characters and like how they end up or why they end up, like maybe you should think about real life people going through, you know, what they're going through in reality. Yeah. What, what character among the cast do you relate to, to the most? Hmm. Mm, this, let me think about I have to that. think about that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, you um, can choose a guy true. character, Kai, because, like, your options are kind of limited. Like, some elements. Oh, yeah. But I think I'd relate for sure more to the girls, though. But I think it would be... I think it would be Hannah, though. But I mean, not to the extent that I actually have depression or I had suicidal thoughts, which I, I didn't. But... To the extent that, you know, I know um, what it feels like to be that age and to be secluded from people and for people to talk about you in such a way and for it to affect you so much that you kind of don't know what to do. So that's what who I relate to, like, as a teenage girl. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to Hannah. And people call her dramatic, but that's... That's just how we were, you know, <laughs> yeah. at that age. But it's a television show. They always over-dramatize things. Yeah, that's true. But, like, a lot of them are, like, sort of half-truths to, like, what high school. Or maybe college is, actually. It's closer to college than high school, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was, like, closer to high school. I guess in college, it was a different kind of thing. But then, 
Well, because we were mostly like, you know, co it was co-ed in college, but there was like single sex high school. I mean, we all went to single sex high school. Yeah. But then there was still that interaction with like, you know, fire at school that it could, you could actually imagine those kinds of things. Not the exact kind of thing, but like similar things happening, even though we were in like single sex high school. What about you, Rafi? Like what character do you, could you relate to the most? I was going to say Han, Hannah too, but I'll change it. Um, I'm thinking probably Clay. Ooh. Because... Really? I thought you'd say Alex. <laughs> so the couple is Clay and Hannah. Me, what? Sorry? So the couple I'm talking to right now is Clay <laughs> and Hannah. Um, no, I mean... I mean, I can't imagine... Well, I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, to lose someone that close to you at such a young age you know i mean i i don't want to bring this to a depressing note but i mean the way clay was handling things it was painful to watch and i could relate to some of it to a certain extent i won't delve into that but um you know it was interesting to to watch clay as he goes through the tapes one by one by one by one and how many nights and um, I think as his emotional journey progressed I think he also um, I think it was also a, a journey of um, maybe acceptance and I think I could relate to that a lot accepting things that didn't really go as planned mm. um Especially like, like reaching if, out, if, that's yeah. the fact that he reached out. Yeah, and, and reaching out, you know. Like it, it makes me wonder, was there anyone that I could have reached out to, you know, before uh mm -hmm. things didn't go as planned, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like how he actually like reached out to somebody. But then um I think people wonder why you know, at least Hannah had somebody, at least she had Clay, like he liked her, right? And then it was actually going somewhere. And I think that scene where they were, they were like making out and then where she was saying that was the only moment that she thought like if she could be happy in the future, but then all those memories started coming back uh, about all the guys that mistreated her. And so um, for her point of view, even though she did have that person, like you see moments where they, they are friends and they understand each other, but you also see the differences like in, I don't know how girls see things and how guys see things. Like for him, remember when she had that list written about her and for him, he was like, shouldn't you be flattered or something? And I remember she even said once, like you and the point are completely like far away or some something like that, some quote like that. And so it's even though he did like her and even though she did have somebody likely in her life, like that still wasn't enough to to actually change what happened. It might have not been enough, even though he says that if, if he said that he loved her, she could have changed her mind. But I think with what she had already gone through, all the emotional um, scarring that she'd already gone through, especially with guys, then she had a reason. Like She had a completely understandable reason to walk away at that moment or to be scared and to to delving into a relationship because of what happened with Justin and Bryce and everyone else. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, this thing could have all been avoided if he just went for Clay at the beginning or at <laughs> least went for Zach. 
and followed her best friend's advice yeah. to stay away from Justin, stay away from Bryce. But like, I don't know. Like, uh, I have to ask a girl's opinion on this, Carrie. If you yeah, let's say <laughs> let's say you're physically attracted, or like you're yeah, let's say you're attracted to a guy, but you know his reputation is really bad, but yeah. you you can't deny that you're attracted to him. So like, would you still be curious enough to go for it, or would you trust your friend's advice and say no, he's not worth it? Um, I don't know. I think like there's like a thrill like when you're a teenager. What? What? My boyfriend's here. <laughs> no, but like when you're a teenager, like not now, <laughs> but um, like when you're a teenager, like <laughs> judge Um, you have that kind of thrill of like liking someone that you can't, like you're kind of not on his level. You know, like, and then having that, like, how Justin was kind of popular person, and then she obviously found him attractive, even though knowing that their barcado was kind of questionable. But then, um, when he out and everything, and actually showed that he was interested in her, I think that really allowed her to think, like, oh my gosh, this could actually be something, and maybe. I don't know, you start thinking, maybe I am his level, or maybe I am worth it for a, a guy like that. I don't know, that's just for, for me, in my opinion. Like, there is kind of like a thrill to that, like, liking even if your <laughs> Even if your best friend said to stay away, and you know your best friend's right. Far away. Far, <laughs> far, Like, if you're attracted to someone, away. like, you're attracted to someone, like, unless something turns you off, then <laughs> I think you... Uh, you might not listen to people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like, so, some things you hear about some girl and you stay away, but, like, you know. Yeah, for me, I can relate to Zach a lot because, Ooh. like, how awkward he is, Ooh. especially when he likes someone. <laughs> like, I, I get really awkward to Lego whenever I'm with someone I like, so it's just... Oh. oh, it's interesting in the book because, I don't know, I read an article, I didn't read the book, but I read an article saying that Zach in the book actually asked out Hannah as a dare the um done by Silla Bryce like telling him to to ask her out as a joke or something. So it wasn't actually serious in the book that he liked her. So I think in the series they wanted to make him really actually a nice guy and a person who genuinely liked Hannah. He was just like too late or at the wrong time yeah. asking her out. when uh when Zach came in in the diner after Marcus left like he was just staring at Hannah. They were just saying nothing. It was just so awkward. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can relate. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, things like that. Yeah, I thought he was actually like, I thought it was, oh, it's another thing. Like he's probably going to do something else to her. But then he was actually nice. Yeah. Although one character that everyone hates though is Courtney. Oh, is, is, is this the, the Asian, the Asian girl? The la- lesbian Asian girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, I don't she, know. She's so annoying. She just, she's literally like one of the people, aside from Marcus. Marcus is just like, ugh. But then her and Marcus are the people who are just so selfish throughout the whole thing. Like all they would think about in their meetings were for their self-interest. Like at least the other people, they were starting to already think that maybe... It's not just about me. Maybe we should do something. But they were still insisting, like, no, nobody tells anyone about the tapes. Just for the fact that Marcus doesn't want his reputation being um, tainted. And also, well, the same for Courtney. But, like, I mean, somebody died already. And they still aren't thinking of other people. 
Am I the only one who thought that she was a little bit unrealistic? I mean, a girl died. I, I, can, I can sort of relate to why she want to hide. She'd want to hide it. Really? Okay. Because, okay. Okay, imagine you're raised by two gay parents. And this is from like a pro-gay stance. So like you're raised by two gay parents. You want to prove to the world that two gay parents can raise a normal kid. Mm, but yeah. no, like they raise a lesbian. So like imagine that. That's that stance stigma that you get. That's sort of like maybe it goes to the Asian culture, but like that honor sort sort of thing where like you want to do your parents proud and say to them, like, you're gay parents, but you can raise me into a normal person. But like I turned out to be a lesbian. And like she I think she she didn't want to turn out to be a lesbian. I think like Deep in her mind, she wants to be a, like a, an average person, but like, you know, I guess that's that. It's just the uh, and like they're they're obviously gay parents that raise like heterosexual people. It's just that she didn't want to fall into that stereotype of only gay parents will raise gay kids. So I think that's why she wanted to hide it. But like you know, lying about someone being raped. Or not telling the truth about anything. It's just like, it becomes to what you said, Carrie, about being all selfish. And it's yeah, like, like, she was not showing any emotion whatsoever. That's why it bothered me so much. And the girl died. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I have nothing, absolutely nothing against gays, nothing against homosexuals. But I still think that nothing can justify her, her behavior. Especially in the final episodes. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people don't like her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, she really just uh, she just kept thinking about herself. But I understand what Franca's point was, and I think right. that's what they tried uh, to show in the in the series that like she really didn't want the world to think like she didn't want to be that example for the world that gay parents will obviously like uh, raise gay children. But then I don't know. She's just, uh, she just like, she's like a stone. She doesn't do anything. Like her and Marcus, like oh, they're so plastic. No, maybe because I think people hate them them both because we see maybe shades of those people in real life where like you know you're in the group project. Some people just work on their own kind of thing. They're very selfish because I mean being selfish is a common thing that we witness in our lives. Like even sometimes I'm selfish. Rafi's selfish. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So like. The fact that we can relate to it makes us sort of like hate that person. Well, their selfishness is like cranked up to like a television level. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like though is they featured the parents of almost every every uh, person, every kid. Mm, right. Like one, I really liked uh, Clay's parents. I mean, especially Clay's dad. Yeah. Clay's dad was- I love Clay's dad. Clay's dad was a chill dad. Like one thing one line if i were to take if i could take away one line from clay's dad that really like affected me a lot and especially you're especially if you're considering like suicide or anything what clay's dad said it was a very minor line he didn't put any emphasis on it but he said uh yeah i was bullied in college i like i i hated no i was bullied in high school i hated high school but i turned out to have like a lovely wife and like a, a, a great son and a good family that i love so like, there's always hope for you. I mean, like, especially with Hannah. Like, she had a lot of things to be hopeful for. The fact that she was good at writing poetry. The fact that 
she is a junior, about one more year, one year away from going into college. A new beginning, new start, like things like that. And she had Clay as well. She still had the love of her parents. I mean, like honestly, I thought Justin was going to commit suicide because he had no one that loves him. Me also, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think that's what they were trying to like um, tell us, trick us into thinking. Yeah, like they, yeah, they kind of pulled the switcheroo where like I was really anticipating Justin to kill himself because he packed the gun. Yeah, because he packed the gun and it was actually Alex that shot himself. So yeah, I like how it was Alex. I mean, not that I like that he shot himself, but like it was good writing that it was Alex who was the one who did shoot himself because then again, like I mentioned before, like you think, oh my, why was it Alex? So you go through like the whole. Um, series again in your head and then you try to see the scenes where he was there like was he showing signs like maybe he was about um, how he was being so um, indifferent to everything already and then how he showed about like how his dad was um, a police officer and I don't know something about how he didn't really have that connection with his dad or his brother like he felt distant and distant from everyone especially since like Jessica him and Jessica broke up and how he was just all trying to fit in so it's like it kind of shows you that you could also miss the signs in someone like um, for Hannah it was obviously also missed by everyone else but then for Alex it was more like in the background even the viewer couldn't expect that he would do that at the end so again it turns the question back to us like in our lives who who could be Alex or yeah, is there an Alex like Actually, like, rewinding it, like, the fact that he jumped and fell in the pool, like, early on, and, well, this is tape three, so, like, the fact that we find out he comes, he shoots himself at tape 13, like, you, for, you forget completely in tape three, he tried to kill himself already. Like, he, he jumped. Well, what happened in tape three? I think in tape three was Alex's tape, and then... I think in the pool, some pool scene, like Alex just jumped oh, like, yeah. face first yeah. and tried to drown himself. Basically, he just gave up on life. So, and I guess I he was. I thought that was like in the scene where wasn't that in Bryce's house, the one when they yeah, confronted yeah. him? That's oh wait, in, yeah, it might have been er- later house. than that. Yeah, so it was like episode like ten or six, seven, eight. Like yeah, and and he and you also saw that he didn't care if he like got whooped by uh by yeah. M- Montgomery. Yeah, by Montgomery. Yeah, Monty. That guy's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery and Bryce, they're just stereotypical bullies. Yeah. Yeah, they're like the Brock Turners in real in series <laughs> version. Yeah, anything else you want to talk about, Kari? Hmm. Um I think I what I wanted to talk about is that how the show is like kind of advocating for um, mental illness, suicide awareness, but they never actually mention depression or like mental illness in the whole series like they never talk about it or I don't know if that could actually work in the favor that in real life a lot of people aren't given that option to actually see seek help or to actually go to a professional and talk about um, clinically diagnosed mental illness so I don't know it also makes you think maybe there's a lack of that in in the real world, but maybe they should have mentioned it or or something. But I don't know if it was clearly implied. I mean, I guess it, it was that she was depressed, but then I don't know if it was a good thing or not. Not to bring in the the 
clinical or medical side to it. Yeah, like it it would be weird though because honestly some people with mental illnesses they commit suicide through a lot of minor things. What what Hannah went through was I doubt anyone who committed suicide went through the fact that they were raped. Like I mean, like it's a very minority. Like I don't know, in the Philippines, I don't know, the suicide stories I hear are from like bad well financial reasons uh academic reasons social reasons but the fact that she was raped she was labeled a slut like she had no friends things like that like i don't know the threshold for suicide was i'd say really high and the fact that she 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 held on for so long i have to give credit i have to give a little bit of credit to her for the the fact that she held on so long compared to like some other people and I think like in the states, like I think that's a common thing, though. Oh, really? Like rape victims, like killing themselves. Yeah, like um, there is actually this. I don't know if I forgot. I'm sorry, I forgot the name on Netflix. But there is a documentary because I like to like kind of watch documentaries on Netflix. There's a documentary. the The title is actually two girls' names, like something like Courtney and something, or I, I'm not sure. But you could um search that. And it is actually a documentary about girls who have been raped, but and their story of fighting it legally, like with all the evidence that they have. And um, an important part of the documentary was about how all the girls, um, at one point, wanted to commit suicide because of all not just like the rape that actually happened to them, but the hate that they were getting. That like all the people were. Like precisely what the show was trying to show us that they were being victim blamed, like on social media, especially since the people who raped them were like jocks and popular people. So a lot of people were defending the rapists rather than the victims. And so the girls had to form like a support group um, um, to prevent them from committing suicide. And anyway, it's a nice documentary to watch because it's actually a real life real life stories of real girls who have gone through something similar to what Hannah has gone through so I think that's something that in the states maybe in not our not in our country but in the states is something that happens a lot yeah yeah what, and what about you Rafi uh, to add to what Gary said um, I'm sorry I can't name my source but then like after I watched three reasons why I went full-on research on suicide and all that and I, I, I forgot my source but then um I read that uh, Suicide is the second leading cause of death for people ages ten to twenty four. I'm not sure where, maybe in the States or the yeah. it, it it's slipping in my mind right now. I forgot the context. Yeah, but like an um, early death, I'd assume like maybe like drunk driving would be probably maybe, the one yeah, above suicide. Yeah. And and also, uh dude Franco, I I I see I, I can get your previous point, but I think it's a little bit insensitive to yeah. call um to say that what most um suicide victims um suffer from is minor like um because we don't really know what they're going through and i i i'm really trying to be sensitive here and um yeah like because a lot of people can have different reasons to um to, uh, to feel yeah, like they want to kill themselves yeah. like maybe it's grades Maybe something didn't go wrong in their life. Maybe it's an yeah, amalgamation of all. It's a bad job, different, bad career. Yeah, ma- yeah, all these, yeah. all these minor stuff that, when put together, it can seem very um, uh, traumatic for the person. Yeah, but like. But yeah. Well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd classify Hannah as someone who didn't have a mental illness. Like, 
I'd classify her as someone who would have had a mental illness if she like didn't go she just went through the things with like Courtney and uh Courtney and Clay and Zach and uh, Marcus like if you just put those four tapes together and then like just say that's my four reasons why you'd say like this girl has a mental disorder and like it would it would be very it would be very hard to relate and make it watchable it's hard to Oh, um, well, I don't know. I'm I'm taking my psychology module now, so like uh, our case is more of schizophrenia. But when we're talking about depression today in in class, and um, it's really difficult to diagnose like mental illness just by like observing someone, or or even if like Hannah's a fictional character, just because we saw every part of her life, we still don't really know what was going on in her head, even though we hear what she was saying in the tapes to the people. But then how she felt, it's still something that it's hard to explain and it's hard to diagnose because there's so many different factors. And I know clinically, there's this criteria and everything. So we can't really say that she could, she, she didn't have a mental illness. But the fact that she was um, already at the point that she thought that, I don't know, a lot of I think, I, I don't know if I'm correct in saying, but most people who commit suicide have a mental illness because that's not, um, that's not already like a coherent thought to think that you should stop yourself from living. You know, that's already something that your mind creates when after some traumatic experiences that you go through. So there's really a lot of scientific basis for that. So we can't really say if she didn't have because she most probably did have and maybe her experience is different from another person's experience like I, it's for me it's bad to compare the the reasons like this reason was more understandable than that reason or this reason was bigger than this one because everyone has a different experience of suicide and I think that's why the show is so controversial because a lot of people say that that's not how suicidal people think or I a lot of people who attempted suicide I'd say like that's not how my experience was but the show I think it's not sh like telling people that this is how every person who is depressed who has mental illness who has suicidal thoughts um, goes through life but it just gives us a glimpse of one person albeit a fictional character of one person's experience with suicide yeah like especially the fa with the fact that people like commit suicide for not worse reasons but maybe less reasons than 13 so like it's kind of sad in a way like th the fact that there are lots of prevention the fact that i'd say it's sometimes it's just easy to prevent suicide you just need to have a friend or someone worth fighting for like the fact that clay reached out it, in a way the book has a really good ending where clay reaches out to that girl who slit her wrists already that she's mm, yeah. probably contem contemplating suicide that she does because she doesn't have a friend like in a way that I'm glad that like the book ended in that happy tone where like you reach out you see someone who's in need you talk to them the fact that people are alone yeah. like some people I know like uh, who live abroad or who moved away because they didn't want to move away but they had to and then like it's sometimes I just chat with them just say, hey, how's it going? And then he was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Good to know. I'm glad we talked again. Things like that. And, like, he's, like people tell me that they're dealing with some, like, not depression, but, like, I don't know, loneliness in a way. The fact that they're in different countries. Things like that. 
Yeah, well, yeah there's you... actually a documentary, well, that really short, like, video on Facebook that the Gaidon did, like, the Ateneo Gaidon did about mental illness, like, students within Ateneo who had mental illness and then about their experience. So, so I'm not sure if you've seen that video, but then they were, one had bipolar, another one had um, depressive, major depressive disorder. So a lot of them were talking about their experience, and then what they all agreed on was that um, presence helps. So you could make a difference in somebody's life. Just being there, sometimes not even saying anything, just kind of trying to... It's hard to understand from... Um, it's, try to, it's hard to understand their point of view, especially because we're not going through the same thing. Like, clinically, physiologically, it has, you know, basis, and we're not going through the same thing with our minds and our bodies. So what we can do, really, the best thing that we can do is not try to impose any anything on them or tell them, this is what you should do, or like you should have done this, or just being there. And I think um, talking about getting professional help is also really important to them because sometimes just being a friend isn't enough because this is still an illness. It's still something that has to be treated sometimes with medications, with therapy. So it's important to also put that in the mix. If you have somebody who you think is at risk, then um, yeah, number one is to be there. Number two is you know, try to convince them to get help. Yeah. Like, yeah, go, go on, Rafi. No, I mean, I, I think those are very good points, especially in the Philippine culture where we're, n- we're not really a talking bunch. Like, I mean... Yeah, and we tend to, like, um, shame people for being arte or OA, diba? Right. I, I mean, just the um, mere fact of just saying, hey, yo, how, how are you? Or how are you doing? Are you okay? Well, not maybe not. Are you okay? That's that's a bit weird, but yeah, that's why it's it's weird, right? Like, right? It's weird. How do you know if someone's depressed or someone could be depressed? You don't. You don't see it. You don't. You have to know it. And like, yeah. how many people do you actually know? Know, so like, it's tough. Like, I mean, I reach out to my friends who are like who moved abroad because circumstantially they're prone to being depressed, like things like that. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just it's hard to yeah distinguish who is depressed or who isn't like, depressed. Like if you see um, someone, especially eating, if you're not really close. Like if you see someone eating dinner alone, let's say you're bachelor to them, but like you never talk to that person. Right. You see him eating alone, and like you never had a conversation with them before. It's like, hey man, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I, be kind I, of I mean, yeah. I mean, to us, th- that's already weird. I mean, th- that's yeah. that's the culture we grew up in. Th- that's the yeah. that's the context we you know grew up in but um like the fact that you know maybe if you had talked to him maybe you you could have like um caused you know things to be different like if if he was you know depressed like and you didn't talk to him and then he did something bad to himself i mean yeah how do well, you I think for how people, do you balance that? The uh, most do, go, go. important thing to do, sorry, but the most important thing to do is um, to really listen to those who are close to you, those who open up to you, because they might be actually telling you that they're you know going through through a hard time, like you know certain clues that they say, and then it's up to you to, to actually realize that and not to trivialize anybody's experience, you know, because. Some, the tendency of people is just like, ah, that's that's nothing. Like, when it's like, 
me, I went through this and it's like much worse. Like that's, that's a tendency of people to, to trivialize other people's experiences compared to their own or compared to someone else. And I think that's what we should stop. We should just listen. So for the immediate people in your, you know, in your friend group, then those, those are the people that you should really look out for. It's really hard to tell people who, who aren't close to you, just like passerbys to, to assume that they're depressed or not, because you really can't tell. And I mean, since you're not very close, I don't think there's a way for you to actually determine if someone's depressed or not. But I think just be kind to everybody. Like, don't bully, don't say mean things, or if you do, always apologize. I mean, that's what I take from it, that sometimes I, a lot of times we tend to be mean to people, especially if we get annoyed, you know, like people who are different from us and then they start talking to you and you get annoyed by them. Like me, I tend to kind of burst or say something mean in the spur of the moment. And then, I don't know, I always try to reflect on like my day and like my experiences with people. Like, did I, my, did I say anything that could have been hurtful to them that maybe they're thinking about now? And then, I don't know, I always like text people <laughs> like if I did say something mean and I can remember it and I can really realize it. I really text them or the next day I approach them and I say sorry. Because maybe that can make all the difference, you know, instead of just walking away. Yeah. Actually, I just remembered something that my um, my friend who's a psych graduate told me. Um, I remember him telling me once that um, people who are so suicidal... Um, tend to really seek help even if they don't outright say it uh, even if they don't say it outright they want help and i think i think that's the difficulty um in in knowing okay because we we, do, we don't really think about this in everyday life right that's why suicide that's why depression is are such taboo topics that's why this show became so popular so controversial i mean suicide especially suicide of of a young person of of someone who's not even 20 yeah it's so you know controversial it's so taboo it's so difficult to 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 to, uh to come to terms with it and to to uh you know to even think about it in, in in the everyday it's so absurd yeah, the most we can do is basically, like, reach out to your close friends. Have a good sense of what your close friends are, because like, I don't think you can reach out to every like friend you know on Facebook right. or something. But like, mm-hmm. your close friends, you should in a way be a little bit responsible for their state of mind, especially if they they mean something to you, and be the Jeff in their life. Like everyone yeah, need, exactly. needs to have a Jeff in their life. Yeah, that's so true. Just be like the person that you want. You're like you just have to be the person that you want in your life. Like if you were feeling depressed, you'd want somebody to be there. You'd want somebody to listen, and not to undermine what you're going through. So, if that's what you want for yourself, then that's what the person you should be to other people. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Oh, just to um, mention that Netflix series uh, documentary that I was talking about, like in case you're interested, is called Audrey and Daisy. Audrey so, and Daisy. Yeah, it. it's on Netflix, so you can go watch it. Maybe to, you know, give you a little more insight on the whole topic. What about you, Rafi? Okay, just a final thought or a final question. What do you guys rate this the show? 
if you could rate it. Yeah, uh, I, I'd, I'd rate it a, like a solid like nine or ten out of ten. Like, I don't know. It it filled its purpose. It was a suspense drama movie. I related to the drama. I okay. I was hooked on it. Like, it took me three days to watch thirteen hours of it, which is basically like I don't know. Like, it's a sign that I really like the show. And yeah, I give it that. Like the characters are all relatable. Like, like obviously I relate to Zach the most. But I can relate to almost everyone to some extent, and I can try to see their perspectives, except Bryce's one. But yeah, I, I'd give it a good, like I'd say, balanced out nine and a half out of ten. What about you, Carrie? Uh, I think I would give it the same. Yeah, like it really did. Like I know that causes a lot of controversy and stuff, but. The fact is, like, we're talking about it, or like more people are talking about it. More people are sharing their experiences. Like, even though it's against the show, like some arguments are like against the show, um, because for for those um, suicide survivors that are sharing their stories, um, we're more, I don't know, we're more awake, I think, about when it comes to this topic, and we're, I think, we're becoming more aware of the people around us. So that's. What I got from the show. That's why I don't want a season two because right now where it is, like it's it's just done so much for um for mental health and for, for depression and for those kinds of topics and for people who are going through the same break. I know there might be a chance that it would lead I don't I don't know this, but then people are saying that because it glorifies suicide, then maybe somebody in the future, like, I, I hope not, and God forbid, would actually do the same thing that Hannah did, like, leave some tapes and give it to some people. Like, somebody would mimic that because they would be, like, inspired by the show. But, you know, regardless of that, maybe now it kind of makes people um, kinder or, like, reach out to more people. So maybe the show, even though it has its controversies, it could also... Um, help save lives because of the issues that it brings to light. Like, especially for those people who haven't um, gone through a mental illness or who don't think or don't have anybody in their immediate um, group of friends or in their lives don't, who don't have mental illness. So for them, it kind of yes, open your, opens their eyes to that. So for me, it's, it's a really good show. What about you, Rafi? How would you rate it? I'm going to go in the middle... 8.7. Um, I, I would have given it a 9. I mean, 8.7? <laughs> whatever. I mean, I, 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 I would have given it a 9. The, uh, it, it, uh, the acting was great. It, gave, it, it brought out a good message. Um, it, it caused conversation. It, it caused a lot of dialogue, which is really good, especially in the, in the, in the topic of mental awareness and suicide, but at the same time, I, I also want to listen to all the experts who've been uh, pointing out the show um, being uh, harmful. That's why I, I, I lowered my rating down a bit. Um, that's my opinion on it, and they're eight point seven. Yeah, and uh, anything else you want to talk about? We good. Yeah, I yeah. Think very we'll heavy. Yeah, it's one of the heaviest yeah. after credits. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can uh, sort of wrap it up now, guys. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, this this podcast outro runs for like a minute and a half, so we'll just talk about it. Like, thanks for listening again to After Credits, our one of our very few television episodes. Like, we did one for Stranger Things. Uh, you can check that out. Like, it's one of our very first episodes, 
and this the show 13 reasons why like it was just such a phenomenal show like everyone's just talking about it and like we figured we had to do a podcast on it so i'm glad you carrie and you rafi you're able to join me here for this podcast i wish we could have gotten like gabby and rj to join us but gabby's off at work rj's uh still catching up listen to the <laughs> tapes yeah slowest clay <laughs> well he, he didn't not. have internet at the time oh, and okay. he came he came from abroad so <laughs> yeah i guess that's it um thanks again carrie and rafi for joining me and yeah thanks for having me yeah all the way from cebu <laughs> all the way from cebu be sure to check us out on facebook on after credits podcast and this is franco daget this is rafi rodas this is carrie lepardo And thanks for listening to the After Credits Podcast. See you. Bye. Bye.